Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome. I am Latricia, and with me is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Latricia, and hello out there, Difference Makers. April is National Poetry Month, and today we have a special guest, Latrice Thomas from Missouri. We will be going over some thoughts about poetry and some poetry as well. Welcome, Latrice. Hello, ladies. Hello. Thank you for having me on the podcast today. We are happy to have you. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I am from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I love poetry, ladies. I really do. I am a healthcare professional. I work in a local um, hospital that's in my city. Um, I work in the administrative side of um, the medical field. And I am also an entrepreneur as well. Just started and kicked off my business. And um, during COVID in August of last year, so I'm a new, new entrepreneur, um, as well as um, an aspiring poetess. Um, I did some poetry kind of got when I was in um, high school. I always loved it, you know, just writing. And um, I started when I was um, a teenager. I went to a performing arts school and um, just really, really actually poetry was pretty much my first love, you know, and um, I kind of um, life happened. And as far as I started raising kids, doing my thing and poetry was just one of those things that I just it seemed like it was always in my head and um, never really got it on paper. If I did, it was bits and pieces here. If I thought of something, I put it down, but never really um, kept up with it. And so now I kind of picked it back up within the last year. I was like, I need to go back and find my first love and get back into it. So. Here I am. <laughs> and I like your style. You look very, you got the poetic ambiance with the earrings. I tried. Like, <laughs> look like a fly girl. And Latricia, did you have any performing art schools where you, well, yeah, you grew up in a big city. I'm country. I'm a country girl. So we didn't have a performing arts school. <laughs> what about you, Latricia? Did you have one growing up? And you grew up in, was it LA or Oakland? I'm sorry. I grew up in Los Angeles. Oh, so of course you had one. We didn't have one of those growing up in Boat to Mississippi. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I imagine that was a very formative part of your life. I'm going to give it back to Latricia since she may have a little more insight and questions to ask you since you guys have more. Y'all big city girls. (laughs) listen I may be a big city girl but I don't know anything about performing arts but you said that poetry was your first love what makes poetry your first love I would have to say you know what I am a person um I love the flow of words I love how you know just words can um create um an expression you know when you put words together, you know, it just, um, especially the way that it can flow in in a harmonious type of flow, you know, when you 
hear, um, and especially what you can do with words. You know, you hear um, words being broken down or pretty much in, in poetic form, whether it's in haikus, you know, sonnets, poems, you know, you got people that are doing spoken words and just the whole um, eloquence of it. You know, you're like, you just did that? Wow, you broke that thing down. And and it's broken down in a story form, but it's like, you know, in poetry, you know, and they're, they're, it's, it's a voice that's, like I said, in an expression flow, pretty much, basically, is how I would describe it. Um, and it's not um, in a narrative, in a form of like, you know, a novel or written in a, you know what I'm saying, in that way, but it's still enough to where you can get the whole form out of what you're trying to say. You know, you, you still get the story or you still get the point across or, you know, and I, I see how even people are even using it. And I also use it as well, more in um, sort of an activism type of way. You know what I'm saying? When you think of, you know, um, poetry, I've been, especially um, in terms of, I hear a lot of it on the whole movement of, you know, um, hashtag Black Lives Matter. People are really doing a lot of um, voicing their uh, um, expressions or voicing pretty much their, you know, um, 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 their rights or speaking up on it in a poetic form. So I really love that, you know, when it comes down to um, speaking up on that level for, you know, Black rights or Black Lives Matter. And you spoke of haikus, which is a type of poetry. It's five syllables, seven syllables, five mm-hmm. syllables. And there's someone I follow on Facebook. He's in the D.C. area. He is a haikuist. For the most part, that's all I see him do. His name is Eric E. Baby Smith. You know, sometimes poets have these nicknames. And he has some amazing Haikus and what you were just speaking about social justice and all the other things that poetry invokes, it made me think about him. One thing that he spoke of was um, Phyllis. What's his name? I got to follow him too. I like that. What's his name? His name is Eric E. Baby Smith on Facebook. Yes, I have one of his books and it's probably, I want to say it's 200 haikus. Wow. Yeah, so he is the haiku king. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to read one of his haikus. Um, It says, he tried to fight it, but the voices were too loud. So his heart gave up. Mm. And we know who that's in reference to. Oh, yes. And then he also speaks about other things such as love. So... Black love consists of two parts of melanin and all parts of our God. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> look at that. I, right. Look, you know, <laughs> so he has these haikus, and that's what I like about haikus. They can be so short, but still so impactful. Yeah. When it comes to, and we were speaking earlier, and I know you're married. So when it comes to black poetry and love, and I think about Love Jones. Yes. How do you feel about black poetry and love? We spoke about activism a lot yesterday. So I'm just doing a little turn. What about black poetry and love? I actually love that. I, I really, I, I, I'm i a person that loves uh, black poetry, black love. I that's To me, that just goes hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? Just when you think of black love and black poetry and expressing yourself as, you know, because when you think of uh, just anything sensual and 
you know, the just the melanin, black skin, even melanin sounds sexy. You know what I'm saying? This, <laughs> anytime you can describe, you know, the melanin skin, honey coated, you know what I'm saying? And just the silky, you know, anything that you can say with us, it's sexy, you know? So, I mean, I, I, how can that not go? Anytime you see any, just thinking about art, you know, we're talking about poetry, that's an art to me, you know? So just thinking about that as well, um, that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the pictures, my visual right now, my, you know, visual art, artic, you know, uh, that's coming to me is when I see those black art, you know, those pictures of what you see and you always see that type of um, uh, just a symbolic of, you know what I'm saying? That those pictures that you always see on the corner. I know you say you from Mississippi, uh, Phyllis, but OK, Latricia, you probably see those where you see them on the street corners where the, the vendors are selling those pictures and you just see it with the woman with the black afro. and. With, you know what I'm saying? And she got the little silky with the body, with the Vaseline all over her. And <laughs> she got the darkest skin, the blue blackest hue that she can just have on her body, you know, and that is just so, and, and the words, and anytime you just describe that, it's going to come out with a, a poetic description of who she is and how she is. You know what I'm saying? So, and even with the man too, when you think of the black man and how you can describe him, it's going to come out with a poetic flow to it any kind of way, you know? So, Anytime you describe us, it's going to come out poetic. That's just how I look at it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I like that spoken poetry can create the visual beauty of our people. Yes. Is what I hear you saying. Yes. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was going to say as well. When you interpret it, just how when you are reading the haikus from the guy, just visualizing what that looks like. You know, I the voices were too loud and my heart stopped. I tried to fight it. Just visualizing that and visualizing this black love with the two parts melanin and all part. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think poetry, it definitely evokes those visuals. And also, I think it really penetrates all of the senses because just thinking about it, like I'm getting chills, my little arm hairs are exactly right. <laughs> the sensation of hearing poetry. So I, I really love that. Yes. Yes. What do you write mostly about? What are your poems mostly about? Lately, I will say, and I'm wondering if it's just because of the current struggle. I, I would that right there, just the struggle that we're in. Um, I just, I guess for our equality, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I need us to speak up, you know, on, um, on our rights or, you know, um, I, right now just black lives matter, you know, um, equality, you know what I'm saying? Police brutality, um, the George Floyd situation, you know, um, those type of things. I, I haven't, I do have some where I, of course, black love, you know, those type of things. And I think about, you know, uh, if I get into the mold when I love my husband, you know, I'm like, I like you today. I'm gonna write about you. You know, those <laughs> I will get into that space, you know. Um, sisterhood, you all, I do, you know, sisterhood. If I want to empower, you know what I'm saying, I'll get into writing about that. Um, uh, mother and child, you know, I'll get into, you know, that. Um, pretty much anything that I know is a need, you know, if I see a lack. You know what I'm saying? Uh, community. I'll write about, you know what I'm saying? All of those things is what I see, you know, um, men. Um, um, even I'll write about just um, 
I got something where I wrote about just um, where, you know, the men are in prison. You know what I'm saying? That type of even mental, you know what I'm saying? The mental, you know, uh, being in prison in your mind. You know what I'm saying? How how we're, you know, not aware of things or, you know, how we keep our lack of knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Those types of things. So just anything that I could just sit and think. I'm a big thinker. And I think that helps poetry flow, too. When you sit and you're always thinking, your mind has to be in a place where you're constantly um, in a creative space all the time in order for you to think, wow, you know, words also trigger. Someone could say something to me and I'll think, say that again. Yeah. And that'll kind of get the juices flowing. You know, I'm like, I love that. You know, words is everything to me. You know, I'll say, I, I love quotes as well. And that's another trigger for me. There's something about quotes. And I'll say, wow, hold on. I like that. Say that again. And it, or even just um, rhythms. You know what I'm saying? Rhythms. It'll be something that someone will say that a rhythm flow. And I'll say, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I'll write that down real quick and I'll go back to it. And sometimes I'll kind of write around it and it'll just, you know, lead me to uh, write a poem about it or kind of just jot some things down, take some notes, and then I'll, you know, go from there. So. So it sounds like you like to write about things that advocate for causes and relationships. Yeah. How do you share your poems? I haven't. I wrote, that's the thing. <laughs> I just started saying, um, I want to, like, I just started saying, I want to, um, publish, you know, for a long time. I was like, no, these are just for me. You know, um, I'm just writing something, you know, this is just, you know, it's kind of was like that, you know, it's just for me. I'm just doing something. I'm not really, or if someone may, you know, ask, that'll be when I'll probably, you know, go ahead and, you know, say I do a little something kind of like maybe the opportunity now, it, you know, would be and this is kind of where I am, you know, like now it's been like my push, like, you know, what? yeah, why not? You know, so. That's where I'm at. <laughs> when you say published, what do you mean? Do you mean being published in a magazine, having a collection of your poetry in a poetry book? How do you envision your publishing? Definitely a, po a poetry book, a book of collections. The poetry book is definitely what I want to do. That is something that has uh, really been on my radar. It is definitely a goal that I do want to have here within the next at least six months um, or sooner. But I just kind of give myself the next six months. Yes. Well, a couple of days ago, we had some other poets on the show talking about their poetry and the people who influenced them. Some of them were influenced by artists that weren't poets. Maybe they were singers or songwriters. Who has influenced you? I'm still old school. I still love the heck out of me, Samaya Angelo. I do. I still really love um Toni Morrison, she's not big on, you know, the whole poetry, but I just still love how she put words together. You know, I really do. Um, um, I, I, I still love Nikki Giovanni. I really do. Those are, you know, 
Um, there is, and I was trying to think of her name or pronounce her name, but she is so dope. I got to come back and definitely um, drop her name on your page, but I got her from, she's a spoken word artist and um, she's on a page. It's called the Button Poetry. I, when I say she is like amazing and she is like one of uh, the ladies that really kind of, I've been following her and I just kind of actually stumbled on her. And she is the one that kind of got me to where I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about right here. But the things that she was saying is like, people do people know about her? You know, so that she's another one. I'm going to tell you somebody else too. When you said uh, maybe somebody that's, you know, not so much as, uh, you know, a poet, but I, and she actually has referred herself as a poetess as well as I like Jill Scott. I do. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, I like her as well. I, you got to listen to her lyrics. There's things that she'll say. You know, I'm like, dang, girl. OK. I, OK. You know, you just said that. OK. So I, I like her, too. But um, but as far as, you know, um, uh, actually, you know, the, the pub, the poets that really have their names out there like um, Maya Angelou and Nikki Giovanni, those are the ones I still, even when I notice that I write, I, I notice I'm like, I still, after all this time, I still have a style that I really like of theirs. You know how some people, they'll, you know, I listen to some people, I'm like, okay, if he says that he likes, you know, this person, I could see a um, mimic of that style as well. So I do see that you, you tend to mimic who you kind of like, you know. Well, we are nearing the end of our interview, and I'm so glad that you came today. What has poetry done for your life? You spoke of how you were in performing arts in high school and how you started writing again and how so many artists have helped you with different themes and the various reasons you write poetry for, for um, social justice, for love, for relationships. What has, what impact has poetry had in your personal life? I would say it helped me personally develop as a person. It has definitely helped me um, find my voice, you know, um, confidently, ladies. I mean, definitely confidently. Um, you know, when you tend to, um, write the way you speak and speak the way you write, you really do become that person. You know, you really become the person, um, the words that you are really, you, you, the words that you write, you are that person. You know what I'm saying? You're, you, you kind of manifest into that person. You find that voice and you start to act on the words that you are um, really printing out, you know what I'm saying? Typing out right now, whatever that you, however you get your words on the paper. Okay. <laughs> I noticed that, um, it's a way for me to, um, express myself. It's, it's a way for me to be the voice that I want to be, you know, if I want to, um, be the voice, because sometimes a lot of people that write, they tend to be, um, and it's funny because I always hear people say that the you know, they're normally um, introverts. Writers are normally introverts. You, you kind of tend to see people. They're loners or um, people who you hear people say it's it's an outlet. You know, they'll um, it, it's sort of like, you know, um, a way for them to um, 
uh, brain dump, say what they want to say. You know what I'm saying? They'll get things off of their chest. If they can't talk to anybody else, they tend to um, write in their diary. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like a diary or just a safe space for them to say what they want to say if they can't vocalize it, you know, but I'm a little different. You know, I have some, I'm a extrovert type of person. So, you know, I, I can do both, you know, and it just helps me even more that I can be vocal and upfront as well in both areas, you know, um, verbally, I'm going to say it without um, not only, you know, and there was a time, as you heard me say earlier, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't really always, th this was my only way of really putting it out, you know, putting it on my paper, you know, let me share this. I was, a, how I really got it started into getting into finding my first love was I was a teen mom. So I didn't do, that was my way. Who was I going to talk to? You know, a lot of, there wasn't a lot of people around me that was going through what I was going through. If I told somebody who was going to be around me, you know what I'm saying? Who was going to, I'm a teen mom. You know, I was a bad influence. They don't want their kid around somebody. I'm fast in their eyes. You know what I'm saying? I, I had those labels on me. So I couldn't tell anybody. I had to hide a pregnancy. You know what I'm saying? I had to, there, I, so I had all these emotions going on. I'm, I'm, I'm 15. I got this baby in my stomach. Who was I going to talk to? My mama was shaming me. You pregnant? What you, you know, I was going through all of those things. You know, I had to, my guidance counselor, you want to have to hide this baby. At the time I was, like I said, I was in this, um, it was prestige, you know, to be in a performing arts school. We had an audition to, you know, get into this school, you know. So I was, you know, set apart, set aside. I had this thing, you know, where I was, you know, I was supposed to have this life. I was going to be the next Maya Angelou, you all, you know. <laughs> so it was like, what you doing? You messing up. So I had all of these. And, and that actually helped me with um, thoughts. I, I started to develop a story. I had some things in my head. I had some, you know, I had some words that I needed to say. And because I couldn't say it, I had it was all bottled in and it started to flow out, you know, and it flowed out in a form of poetry, you know, and I was like, what, what is this? And so I didn't even know what I even had when it started spilling out on paper to, to where I remember even my teachers were like, what is you writing stuff like this? I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, who ain't writing stuff like this, you know? And they were like, this is really pretty good, you know? And I was like, oh, it was just how I felt, you know? And everybody ain't, ain't feeling like this. They're like, no. And I started kind of looking at it like, okay, this is what's setting me apart from, you know, this story to versus that, that are my experiences versus this, you know, experience. And, you know, so just, you know, just the whole personal development of who I was is what, you know what I'm saying, is how my first love, you know, uh, pretty much developed me into being who I am or kind of giving me a voice, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, and how um, it put gave me a different perspective, you know, so that's a little bit on my take on what it has done for me. Okay, so <laughs> what I hear you saying is poetry has been a safe place for you, yeah. where you can not be judged, and you don't have to meet anybody's standards because you can tell your own story. Make a long story. Doing it for years. 
And it has been an increasing story where you've crescendoed over time. Girl, you did that. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the way all the details. No, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, Latrice, you wanted to share your poetry now. Here yes, is the time. Yes, yes. Okay. And you know what I was thinking and I was thinking, okay, what am I going to entitle this piece? Because at first I just had, you know what, untitled, you know, untitled is what I'm going to call it because I kept going back and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to title it this, I'm going to title it that. But um, right now I'm going to say untitled, um, but um, here we go. Speak your loud story in vision, teach a new language that expresses a pure tongue. Let your words express clearly. Speak a voice that vibrates loudly across nations. I hear the pleas of melanin generations, dreaming hopelessly of hopes that dreams, hopes to dreams, desperately seeking for words to revolutionize the mind. With the existence of spirits and lyrics to a voice that is beautifully euphonious with rows of thunder, will you hear my cry? Black lives matter or do I speak? A muted story that screams equality. You see, I still have my ears open to the voices of my ancestors and sounds of the protesters loudly and clearly speak. Don't whisper to the blue collars that beat the black voices who resist to silence. Your freedom voices speak to survive. I must speak to live in the injust of these hate of these colored hated societies and disadvantaged humanities who tries to horse the black voices that rise up. Tell the tales of your creation from whence you came. Black girl magic, black boy joy. That is beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you. Latrice, it has been such a pleasure learning from you. And it's been a blast. Thank you. Yes. Thank yes. You. Well, we will keep in touch. Absolutely. And would you like for the audience to stay connected with you via social media? Absolutely. You all stay connected with me. You can um, stay connected with me on my business page. It's the writing shop. Also, um, my personal page, Latrice Thomas. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So those are my um, social media handles. And we always put guest information in the show notes. Thank you so much. It has been amazing. And I am looking forward to you getting that book published so I can buy it. Thank you. Well, this has been part two of our poetry, our Black Poetry panel for National Poetry Month, April. So continue celebrating Poetry Month. And until next time. Expand your mind and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles podcast. 
Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.